Blog Talk Radio. All right, let's get us a songbook. Let's turn to number 381, and let's all stand together. 381, we're going to sing something we don't hardly ever sing, I guess. Some of them, anyway. He's a wonderful Savior to me. You know that one, There we go. I was lost in sin, but Jesus rescued me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was bound by fear, but Jesus set me free. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For he's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a friend so true, so patient and so kind. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Everything I need in him I always find. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For he's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He is always near to comfort and to cheer. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He forgives my sins. He drives my every tear. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Here grows the love of Jesus day by day. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Sweeter is His grace while pressing on my way. He's a wonderful Savior to me. For He's a wonderful Savior to me. He's a wonderful Savior to me. I was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. He's a wonderful Savior to me. Amen. And he sure is. Praise God. Gets better all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. I know we got prayer requests tonight. Before we mention, before we get too deep in, I'll tell you, I talked to Scott yesterday. Did he ever talk to that doctor? Do you? He said he was waiting on a conference call. And yeah. Wow. Wow. Right. Okay. And 
they don't know exactly how long that'll be before they do that. Right. Okay. Well, let's let's just pray, pray, pray for Scott. He needs all kinds of prayer. Uh, just just pour the coals to it. Um, also need to pray for Richard. And we talked about that Sunday night. I'm not going to talk about that publicly, but y'all know what's going on there. And, and uh, just pray that, that God works through that. And like I told him, you know, God has a plan for everything. There's not an accident. And though somebody may have made an accident and shuffling things around, doing things right, and it caused him to be in a situation, there's somebody he needs to get a hold of, evidently. And, uh, you know, you're a missionary no matter where you are. You're a child of God. And don't always know why we get in situations we get into, but God has a purpose for it. So pray that God works through that and he accomplishes his purpose there and he takes care of Richard in the process. All right. Uh, there are others tonight. Anybody else? Um,
389, 389, I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. How he left his home in glory for the cross of Calvary. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. I was lost, but Jesus found me found the sheep that went astray, threw his loving arms around me, threw me back into his way. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. I was bruised, but Jesus healed me. Faint was I from many a fall. And tears possessed me, but he freed me from them all. Yes, I've seen the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory. Gathered by the crystal sea. Days of darkness still come o'er me. Sorrow's paths I often tread. But the Savior still is with me. By his hand I'm safely led. Yes, I've seen the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. He will keep me till the river rolls its waters at my feet. Then he'll bear me safely over where the loved ones I shall meet. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story. Of the Christ who died for me, sing it with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. 447, 447, the banner of the cross.
So the bowl may rage and gather at the foot, let the standard be displayed. And beneath this bowl that soldiers of the Lord, for the truth be not dismayed. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but lost. And to crown him king, we'll toil and sing, beneath the banner of the cross. Over land and sea, wherever man may dwell, make the glorious tidings known. Of the crimson banner, now the story tell, while the Lord shall claim his own. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but lost. And to crown him king, we'll toil and sing, meet the banner of the cross. While the glory dawns is growing very near, it is hastening day by day. And before our king, the foe shall disappear, and the cross the world shall sway. Marching on, marching on, for Christ count everything but lost. And to crown him king, we'll toil and sing, meet the banner of the cross. Amen. Praise God. One more, 423, 423. See, we ain't sang none of these in a while, have we? Amen. That ain't it. <laughs> no, that's not it. No. I would love, I would love to tell you. There you go. Slow it down just a little Can you do it there? Slow it down just a little bit. Okay. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. Since I found in him a friend so strong and true, I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms about me. And he led me in the way I ought to go. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Every day he comes to me with new assurance. More and more I understand his words of love. 
But I'll never know just why he came to save me. Till someday I see his blessed face above. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. One last one. Oh, how much he cared for me. Amen. Thank you. That's all right, sister. You did fine. Don't worry about that, y'all. That's, that's all good. Hey, listen, it sounded good in heaven. Amen. That's all that matters. Sounded good to Jesus. We're singing to him anyway. So praise God. He liked the way we sang. If anybody else didn't, they turned us off by now, so it'd be all right. Amen. If you stay, thank you. We appreciate you staying. Amen. It's good to be in church. Amen. I wonder sometimes how many stick with us singing, but but praise God, I like to put them songs on there because some people don't ever hear them old songs. You realize that? Hey, some people goes to highfalutin, fancy, stuffy churches where they where they sing songs that y'all ain't even heard before, and I ain't either, and probably don't want to. And then some of them goes to churches where they sing contemporary, and they never hear these old songs, and they wish they played one every now and then. Off the wall. <laughs> they sing off the wall, and they sing seven eleven songs, where seven words eleven times, and and you know, and it's the sad thing to me about the new modern music, it's all about I'm going to worship, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and these old hymns are about what Jesus did, not about what I'm going to do. Amen? So I, I'm thankful for them old hymns, and I like to sing them, and I know we, we don't sound like the, uh, a, a tabernacle choir in here, but that's okay. We, God God likes what we're doing, so praise God for that. Amen? Proverbs chapter 22 tonight. We're going to cover verses 16 through 21, and it's going to look a little different tonight. Things are going to change up in the Proverbs. we got one more verse left of the couplets. Y'all remember the couplets where it's like, wise man this, but the fool that. You know, again, it's, it's, the, it's the comparative language. You've got what God says about the man that follows him, and you've got what God says about the man who, who doesn't follow him. And the last one is right here. And it's going to tra- change into a different format. But I, I don't know how come it to land like that. But anyway, it'll be all right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight and ask God to meet with us. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I love you so much. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for being so good to me in spite of my, Lord, all my times I've let you down. Lord, you've never failed me once. And I can praise your name forevermore that you've never, ever failed me. And you never, ever will. And, Lord, I can count on you and, in the in the strangest or the toughest of circumstances, Lord, I know you're never going to leave. You're never going to forsake. And, Lord, what a blessing that is. Lord, I know we got people tonight, Lord, that are connected to our people and people in our church that are going through things and they don't understand why they're in such a situation. Lord, they don't understand why they're going through something or dealing with an illness. And, Father, we, we don't always know why. But, Lord, we, we know we have a God that we can come to and say, Lord, I don't understand, and it'd be okay because we don't have to know. We just believe and we trust because, Lord, you've got it all worked out, even though we can't see the end. You see the end from the beginning. Lord, I pray tonight you help us open our understanding. Speak to us tonight. Feed us from the Word of God. Open our understanding and help us to learn. 
Father, give us tonight what we ought to receive, and we'll give you all the glory and the praise for it all. Keep everybody safe tonight traveling on these foggy roads, and we ask you a blessing, man, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all pray for me. I pulled something in my in my hip, and it, and I won't whine about it, but it hurts a little every now and then. So y'all pray for me. All right. <clears throat> Proverbs 22. And let's begin there in verse 16. Let's get that last couplet out the way. Amen. It says, he that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches. What a fellow there. I think I'll just take from those who ain't got nothing. I think I'll make their life. I mean, it's not that, they, it's not, it's not that they're not struggling enough already, but of everybody to take from, you know, we we grew up with, Robin Hood, right? Everybody knows about Robin Hood and his merry men. Who did, what did they do? We liked them. Why? Because they went and they stole from the rich and gave to the poor, right? And so they made a hero out of him. Even though he was a villain to the poor, I mean to the rich, he was a hero to the poor. But we talking about somebody opposite of that here. This is the anti-Robin Hood. This is the guy who says, hey, I think I'll go steal from the rich, and I'll get—I mean, from the poor—and I'll get rich. By the way, I think that's what the lottery does. By the way, <clears throat> the lottery steals from the poor to increase the rich. But uh, there are always people, and there always will be people who will prey upon the unfortunate, who will prey upon people who don't have much to. Uh, to get rich because, again, if he was rich, he'd be able to afford things to take care of, to, to protect himself. He'd be able to afford security and all those things. It's easy to prey on somebody who doesn't have much as it is, but I'm going to tell you something. It don't pay. And I and, it, and this verse does not really, I mean, it does address it, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, if you pick on the poor, boy, you've got something bad coming on you because God is not going to put up with that. God does not. God watches everything, and if there's one thing God hates, it's a, it's an unfair, uh, unjust balance, unjust weight. God can't stand that. And for somebody to take take from somebody who doesn't have already, oh, that bar, that that burns God up. And the bar, second half of that verse, it says, "And he that giveth to the rich." So God's comparing these two, and they're they're just as bad. One's just as bad as the other, because <clears throat> the one who gives to the rich is like the one who oppresses the poor. This guy has no compassion for people in need. Why would somebody give to the rich? Why do people give to political campaigns? Because that's all they're doing. They're giving to the rich. I mean, I, I, it, I, it kills me every time the election cycle. It's like, you know, dial this number to help our campaign. And you, you see the guy who's, I mean, I, you know, you watch Joe Biden do all the Joe Biden stuff in the last three and a half something years, and he gets on TV trying to talk all calm and trying to be all sweet and stuff. I mean, it's like Joker. We, you know, we know you're senile and we know you're corrupt, but now you're going to try to be all sweet. And they, they go into these they go into these black churches and they try to convince them that the boogeyman's out to get them. And you know, again, why they want to get people to give to the rich? <clears throat> The Bible says that, I mean, the Bible says that that man's going to come to want. You know, the same principle applies to the guy that gives to the rich as the guy that rips off the poor. God's going to make sure that it does not work out for you. 
God's not going to give his blessing to either one. He's not going to uh, honor that way of, of, of getting wealthy. And you say, how do you get wealthy? By giving to the poor, because if you scratch his back, he's going to scratch yours. That's how that works, you know. And, and, and that's why people give to political campaigns, because they got an ulterior motive somehow. They want a favor later on. Uh, you know, again, that's those backdoor dirty deals and things, and God's not for that. God's for things to be on the up and up. And God's not for people who lack compassion. God is for the man who who who'll give uh, until it hurts to help somebody who's hurting already. That's the way God wants things to work. Uh, the Bible says, he that gives to the rich. The juxtaposition, uh, this is, I'm quoting a fellow here. He says, the juxtaposition of one who takes money from the poor, who needs it, with the one who gives to the rich, uh, who does not need it, points out points to the folly. For example, it happens when executives are paid exorbitant sums and overwork the remaining employees. Kind of the way it is. You give a few of them great big salaries and they just work everybody else to death. That ain't fair and that ain't right. But that's the way companies do. And uh, in this verse, it's just kind of observing that it's easy to oppress the poor. For uh, you know, to you can take advantage of them, but you know, God's just showing you they don't ever work out. So let's go ahead. We're gonna move on to the, we're gonna move on to the next five, and all these five run together. I may let you go early tonight, maybe and maybe not. Don't get your hopes up. But uh, these all all these five, we're gonna read all five of them, and then we're gonna take this because all of this, instead of it just being one verse that compares the two ideas, this is all one idea together. Verse 17 through 21. Let me read it, and then we'll kind of look at it and take it apart. It says, Bow down thine ear, and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them with thee, within thee. They shall withal be fitted in thy lips, that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee, have I not written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge, that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. I'm about to burn up the All right. So this is, this is kind of a well, I mean, there's going to be more like this, but this is. This is different than anything that we've read since chapter 10, okay? Everything else has just been the, the two little thoughts compared to each other. But he begins here, Solomon saying this to his son after all that narrative of those couplets. He says, bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. You know, all my life, I've been told to listen. My grandpa told me, Papa told him me to listen to him when he was telling me things. You better listen to me. You're gonna need this someday. He tell me that all the time. He said, he said, boy, that money gonna burn a hole in your pocket. And you know, I was a free spender when I was little kid. Give me a money, dollar, and it's gone. You know, I'm the biggest tightwad in the world now. It's cause of my papa, because I've never forgot what he said. You know, he told me all kinds of things. I had other people gave me pieces of advice, and I hung on to them. But there was a lot of times I didn't listen, when I should have listened. And uh, when I was younger, I got to be in my teenage years, in my early 20s, and I thought I knew everything. 
it's amazing how you do that. You get to a certain age, and you just think you know everything, and everybody else is dumb, and they don't know nothing. <clears throat> it's a lot, you know. I heard a guy say this in a preaching meeting one time. He said, he said, uh, newborn wasps and uh, and and young upstart Baptist preachers, so they have a lot in common. They're both their they're both their biggest when they first hatch. <laughs> and that's the truth. That you got a guy coming right out of Bible college, he thinks he knows everything. And he'll try to he'll try to preach like he does. And he'll figure out later on he don't know half of what he thinks he knows. And and there's a lot of young people like that. They just well, they they just so smart until they get out in the real world and they get the stuffings kicked out of them. Then they realize, wait a minute, mom and daddy wasn't so stupid after all. I'll never forget I was on a tractor driving down down a dirt road out on Gate Two Road in Pottery, Texas. I was working out there for a guy on his ranch, and it's just like I remember where I was at and everything. The day I realized that everybody that was trying to tell me stuff knew what they were talking about, and I didn't know nothing. I mean, I had a, an epiphany. It, it hit me like a bolt out of the blue. They were right. All of them were right. I wish you could have been there, Mom. I'd have hugged your neck because I knew you were right. Now, I said all that to back on, on those words, bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. I listened very little. I listened, I did listen, but I listened to fools. I listened to my friends who told me all kinds of stupid advice and told me what they thought and what they were going to do. And I said, well, that's cool. I think I'll do that too and followed them into trouble. I didn't listen to the words of the wise. I listened to the words of, fool, of the fools. And, you know, again, this is another invitation in the Word of God for the young person to receive the words of wisdom. And unless your heart and mind, listen here, is ready to receive wisdom, it does very little good to present that wisdom. I can't tell you how many parents. I've tried and tried and tried to talk to them, but they won't listen. Anybody here ever said that about a kid? I've tried and tried and tried, but they just won't listen. Okay? Again, unless, how many of y'all know the phrase? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Right. You can lead a teenager to the wisdom of God's word, but you can't make him take it for himself. He might pretend to carry it around for mom and daddy's sake, but when he gets out of mom and daddy's house, then that teenager has to choose do I really believe this stuff, or was I just pretending for mom and daddy? And I'm watching some of my boys right now begin to say, wait a minute, I'm believing this for me. And, I, and I, you know, I, some of them I've really prayed hard for because you kind of, you're trying to figure out, well, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And I'm not trying to say all this to brag on my kids, but I, Jackson, the other day, I was talking to him on the phone, he, and he was he was telling me about he was talking to some guy at work, and, and the guy's a Mennonite. And he's like, Daddy, I don't think they believe in eternal security. I said, no, I know they don't. Most of them don't. And he said, well, I was trying to talk to him about that, and, I, and it hit me. Well, he, you know, I, you know, he's he's actually got some spiritual life going on in him. He's he's caring about somebody else's soul. That got me excited, you know. And and he ain't the only one I've heard of. My other boys talking about that, you know. And 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 that excites me because it means they did listen, even though I didn't think they were listening. And you have, but here's the thing: the whole key, what I'm trying to get back to, is you have to bow down your ear. That means that means humble. That means you you can't get this unless you humble yourself. Because there's every voice in the world is out there trying to get your attention. I mean, you turn on a the TV, they're trying to get they're told, they want your ear. 
You turn on the radio, they want your ear. You 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 open your phone, they're saying something to you. They want your ear. Every every voice out there wants your ear. And most of those voices are controlled by Satan. Okay? Most of them are influenced by Satan somehow or another. Most of them have got corrupt information, and they want you. They're all vying for your ear. Uh, that, uh, there's, a, there's a guy out there that, that has a website called InfoWars, and he says the title of it is There's a War on for Your Mind. And that's true. The devil wants control of your mind. He wants control of your heart. He wants control of your ears. He wants control of your eyes. He's fighting to get you away from God. So you have to, you have to, you have to on purpose humble yourself to listen to what God has to say. Otherwise, you're going to be you're going to be absorbing the world constantly. It has it has to you have to make a choice. And I, and I know I'm kind of getting getting off track, but I want to, I want to hit this point real clear. You have to make a specific choice. I'm going to get along with God. Because if you don't make that choice, I'm going to get alone with God, you won't get alone with God. And God's buying for that little sliver of time when you are still, just for a second, where he can speak to your heart. And it ought not be that God's fighting for time to talk to you. You need to separate time for God. You need to bow down your ear so that you can hear the words of the wise. <laughs> yeah. The ear, the ear is the exterior organ that receives the information. It's just, that's just that's just the funnel. We've got to get the funnel down there we can hear. But the, the heart, the Bible tells us, is the interior organ that directs the rest of the body. Okay? The ear brings information, but the heart disseminates the information to the whole body. <coughs> Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. It says, My son... Attend, that means bow down your ear. Okay, if you attend class, you have to say no to everything else and show up, right? So if you're going to attend to my words, you're going to have to quit listening to everything else and listen to me. So he says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear. Again, bow down thine ear to my sayings. Let not them depart from thine eyes. Pay attention. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Meditate them. Focus on them. For they are life unto those that find them. They're so important. And health to all their flesh, it'll keep you out of trouble. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Fight for your right with God, in other words. For out of it are the issues of life. Again, like I said, if you eat Mexican food, nobody has to know. Nobody has to be told you eat Mexican food. It comes out of your mouth. It comes out of your nose. It comes out of your pores. I think it comes out of your ears. I mean, it comes out. You smell garlic, onion, and peppers. There's no denying what somebody ate. Amen? So keep your heart with all diligence. Make sure you pay attention to what's going into your ear hole so it's going to go down in your heart and what's in there is coming out. So be careful what you're putting in. Be careful what you're listening to. Be careful to what you're, what you're going along with and agreeing with what you're putting in information-wise because it will affect everything else in your life. Put away from the a forward mouth. Get away from those who are scoffers or mockers. Get away from that kind of thing. Perverse lips. Put far from thee. Don't listen to garbage. Let thine eyes look right on. Pay attention to what God has to say. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Get your eyes on the Lord. Ponder the paths of thy feet. Pay attention to where you're going and, 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 and have a brain when it comes to making good choices. Don't make bad choices. Put yourself in bad situations. 
and let all thy ways be established. How do you do that? Make God, give God veto power in your life. Let God have the, 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 the right to say, no, don't do that, and listen to him. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. In other words, if our eyes are on the Lord, we're walking where he wants us to go. Remove thy foot from evil. Don't go somewhere he didn't show you to go. Again, that's what, the, that's what that whole part of that first verse is saying there. Bow down thy ear and hear the words of the wise. We've got to realize that God is our sovereign. God is the one who's to direct us and not us. And he said, and apply thy heart unto my knowledge. Apply thy heart. What are we applying our heart to? We just drifting through life, bobbing like a cork out in the middle of the pond, or we got a focus here? Are we are we are we trying to grow as spiritually as individuals, or are we just kind of in neutral, just coasting? I mean, we're we're supposed to be we're supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be walking with God. We're supposed to be learning. We're supposed to be getting stronger day by day. We have to apply our hearts to His knowledge, to God's knowledge. Psalm ninety verse twelve. So, uh, David said, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Okay? Since I'm not going to be on this earth that long, teach us to number our days. I mean, I realize I'm 54 years old. I mean, the Bible says, man, days three score and ten. I mean, they ain't giving me much longer time. I mean, we're talking about 15 years, and that's, and then everything passed. That's a bonus. Right? And some of y'all in here is on bonus time. Right, y'all in the bonus round. Amen. So, you know, again, so teach us the number of days. So pay it. So don't just get up and take days for granted. Make it count for God. Do something with your life. Teach us the number of days. Use this knowledge that you're getting. Don't just let it sit in there like a candy jar and nobody ever gets a piece of candy out of. Give it away. You won't run out. I promise. So since I'm going to be on this earth and, I, and it won't be that long, maybe I want to get busy having a relationship with and getting to know my Heavenly Father. Why not? I'm going to be with him forever. I don't want to get to heaven and feel like I'm meeting a stranger. I need to get to know him now. Apply my heart to knowledge. It's just for it is a pleasant thing than within me. It's a pleasant thing to keep to what? This knowledge within me, the things that God is trying to teach us. The value of gaining and knowing and keeping wisdom is pleasant. It's good to have wisdom in you. It's good to know what God says, to know how God uh, thinks about things. And, and sometimes we we may feel like the way of wisdom is it's difficult to walk, and sometimes the path can be difficult to walk because the rest of the world is going a different way. But it's a whole lot better than the way of the fool. I promise you that. You may have you may have some people scoff at you along the way. You may have some people tell you, oh, you're wasting your time, but I can promise you where they're heading or you don't want to go where they're heading. You don't want to walk the path they're walking. Proverbs 2.10 says, For when wisdom entereth into thine heart. Again, remember the words we just spoke. It is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. If you put, if you keep this wisdom within you, if you meditate on you hide these God's words in your heart, when wisdom entereth into thine heart, what does it do? Knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. When it comes in, you go, oh, man, that's good. Actually, when somebody tells me some, when somebody shares the truth with me that they got out of God's word, and it's good, just like somebody hand me something on a plate, it tastes delicious. Mm, good gracious, that's good. You know, what well, spiritual truth can be like it too. Man, that's good. 
Woo! Just make you want to shout sometimes. You realize it's just the the Word of God reveals the goodness of God in so many different ways, so many different places. And when somebody pulls something out you ain't never seen before, it just makes you want to shout. But let's keep going. Again, talking about this thing being a pleasant thing, wisdom being a pleasant thing, Proverbs 24, 13 and 14, it says, My son, eat thou honey because it's good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. So, and he's comparing honey to knowledge, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. I got some honey. Uh, we had our gift exchange thing over at the house around Christmas and, and did the did the white elephant thing, and I wound up with a, a quart jar of honey that my wife's uncle made with the beehive over in Bogota. Man, you talk about good honey. Man. I eat some of it earlier. I, I, I eat it every chance I get. It's good. And, that's, and the Bible said, I eat it because it's good. And it is. I ain't got no honeycomb in there, but I wish I had some. It says, but knowledge is like that. The knowledge of wisdom, it'll be like honey to your soul. When thou hast found it, there shall be a reward and the expectation shall not be cut off. Again, it's pleasant. It's good to you. You go, mmm, that's good, man. I'm, I'm glad. This world, all it brings on you is sorrow. This world, all it, once you learn from this world, you just go, oh, God, more of that. But when you get from God, it ain't never like that. It's good. Amen. His truth is good. Wisdom is good. Psalm 19.10, more to be desired are they than gold. Again, gold can only take you so far. When, listen, when 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 this life runs out, gold ain't gonna do you a blessed thing. But I can tell you right now, everything you got with God, you are gonna carry right on with you. You won't lose a thing. He said. He said they're better than fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Psalm one nineteen, one o three, one eleven, and one sixty two are all short. He said, "How sweet are the words of uh, How sweet are thy words unto my taste? Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Thy testimonies." have I taken as, as an heritage forever. They're mine. What God said, it ain't he just said, hey, hey, I believe it too. It's my heritage, amen. Look, I don't look back on all the bad things that my daddy and my grandpa and grandpa before them and all this. and look back on all, I mean, they made mistakes and everything. You know where my heritage comes from? It comes right here in the word of God, amen. Those people in the cemetery, amen, people done forgot all stuff, kind of stuff about them, but what I've got here will live forever. Have I taken as a heritage forever? For they are the rejoicing of my heart. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I watch a show on TV. I don't know, every now and then, I hardly ever watch TV, but there's a show I watch when I do watch TV. It's called The Curse of Oak Island. Y'all ever heard of that show? Where they're trying to find gold underneath the ground up in, in, in uh, Nova Scotia, I think. And they've been digging. My wife can't stand that show. She's ah, I can't stand that show. All, they don't ever find nothing. But they're just a treasure hunt. And I like to watch it because it's a treasure hunt. I don't care if they find nothing or not. It's just I just enjoy watching the show because they're trying so hard to find it. I like the burying sea gold, amen, because they're risking their lives going down there under the water, freezing water, trying to find it's just the it's just the chase. And I enjoy that. And again, he said, I rejoice that thy word is one that findeth great spoil, and I see how hard those men work to try to find some gold that somebody buried hundreds of years ago. And, I mean, they've spent untold millions of dollars. I ain't no telling where they I guess they, they got millions of dollars. But, but I mean, tried so hard for so many years. And I just think to myself, if people was was, was a one, one thousandth of that determined to, to mine in God's word, the truth, we'd set this world on fire. <clears throat> 
He said, when you get it, keep it within you. Sin within you. <clears throat> it's a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. In your heart. Keep them in your heart. Which and that implies that you love it. I mean, you know, if you don't love the Word of God, if you don't love the truths that you read in there, you won't hide them in your heart. You don't care. You just you forget it, like some joke somebody tells you. But boy, if you if you really believe it, I mean, if it if it if it if it stirs you up inside, and you know that God's word is true, and every word that He said is true, you'll hide it in your heart, and you and you'll meditate on it, and you'll rejoice over it, and you'll pull it out in times of trouble, and you'll and you'll quote it, and you'll and you'll remind God of what He said. I mean, you'll hold on to it like like a like a banker looks at the gold in his vault. You look at what God said the very same way, and you'll say, what a precious thing I have. Except mine will do something for me beyond this world. You keep on, you, you love it if it's in your heart. You want to hang on to it. You want to remember it. You want to think on it. You want to look at it. And he said, right after that, he said, they shall with all be fitted in my lips. He said, what does that mean? They shall with all be fitted in my lips. Well, that word with all is not a common word we use. It means in union or together with. So what is it saying? It's saying that if you keep God's truth and God's wisdom, his words, his knowledge within you, that if it's in your heart, it will be fitted together with your lips. What what, what did I say earlier about Mexican food? If it's in you, it's going to come out. And if the word of God is hid in your heart, if that's what you love and that's what you meditate on and that's what you rejoice in, then it will be fitted to your lips, and those will be the things that you speak on. John seven thirty eight. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. It shall be fitted with all to his lips. If you're a believer and you never speak about Jesus, I'm concerned about you. If you don't ever talk about how good it is to be saved to anybody, I'd be concerned about you. If you never talk about God to somebody who needs, who's down, somebody who needs encouragement, if you never think to mention the Lord to anybody, I'd be concerned about you. I'm not saying you're not saved, but I'd be concerned about why these things are not present in your life. Proverbs 15, 7, it says, The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. They, why? Because it's in there. So it's going to come out. They disperse knowledge, but the but the heart of the foolish does not so, because there's no knowledge in that. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. It says, By him, that's Christ, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. The sac you know why it's called a sacrifice of praise? Does the world look at you for you, if you part, start praising God, people go, what's wrong with them? They're acting crazy. You ever seen a video where people do that in public? Somebody just stand up and start praising God in public? I've seen a video the other day of a guy in the middle of a shopping mall. This black kid got saved in jail. Had tattoos all over his face and everything. He was talking about what a transformation he got. He got up on a table in the middle of a food court in the mall they start preaching Jesus and telling people that they need to turn from this world and need to turn to Jesus. He's the only one that can save them. And he said, you know, he, he changed me. I'm not the same guy I was before. And there was a security guard. And they're going, sir, sir, you got to get out there. And I mean, he's just preaching loud and clear and 
and didn't care who said what to him. You know, again, I've seen people do that in Walmart, just start praising God, and, and people join in with them. Some do. I mean, you know, again, it's a sacrifice of praise because your flesh says, don't do that. People will think you're crazy. I tell you right now, I have never in my life went out to knock a door that I didn't feel nervous. I have never once got out and opened up my trunk lid and pulled out a scripture sign and stood on a corner and started preaching Jesus that I didn't feel nervous. Your flesh don't want to do that. The devil don't want you to do that and will fight your flesh, but I'm telling you it's a sacrifice, and God says, listen, if it's in you, it'll be fitting in your lips. And it's a, and he says, he says that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So if he's in you, he's meant to come out. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. You know what that means? Thank God for Jesus. I thought about that black preacher at Walmart. Thank God for Jesus. Everybody come in the door. What's he doing? He's doing what Hebrews thirteen fifteen told him to do. That's exactly what he was doing. Standing there saying, thank God for Jesus. Our lips giving thanks to his name. Amen. All right. I'm continuing on. Follow with me here. For what purpose? Verse 19, that thy trust may be in the Lord. Why have I given you all this wisdom and knowledge? Why have I taught you all these things, Solomon's saying? That thy trust may be in the Lord. Listen to these verses. Proverbs 3, 5, you know what it says. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. It goes on to say, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. But the part I want to focus on is he said that thy trust may be in the Lord. Trust in the Lord what? With all your heart. There's no room for doubt. When you trust God, you, you, don't, you don't trust him a little. You trust him completely. You put your life in his hands. You put your soul in his hands. You put your everything in his hands. Amen? Trust him with all your heart. So what else? Proverbs, I'm sorry, Psalm 62, verse 8 says, trust in him at all times. Not, not when times are good and not when times are bad. No, you trust in him when times are bad, too. You trust in him when times are good, too. You trust in him at all times. In, in happy and sad and glad and, and miserable, in, in agony and in joy. You trust in him at all times. Isaiah 12, 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. You trust in him when fear comes. You say, I'm going to trust God. Listen, God, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to trust in the Lord. Even though everything tells me to be afraid, I'm not going to be afraid. Isaiah 26, verse 4 says, Trust ye in the Lord forever. There's never a time when we shouldn't trust in the Lord. Solomon has been trying to, to say it over and over and over and over and over and over again to his son so that he doesn't forget this. That no matter what comes, trust God, he won't fail you. Jeremiah 17, 7 echoes and he says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. You want to be blessed? You want to have a blessed life? You want things to go better for you? Trust the Lord, no matter what. He said, I have made known to thee this day. Even to thee, 
No matter when you receive these truths, it'll always be today. It won't ever be tomorrow. It won't ever be yesterday. It'll always be today. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee, the most brilliant, helpful, and moral statement are useless and powerless without personal application. You can tell somebody the greatest truth, but unless they put it into practice, it does absolutely zero. He's saying, I gave you this. I gave you this. And the pastor says, I give you this. Amen. Every preacher around the world who preaches the truth to the people, I have given you this, but I can't make you take it. I can't make you put it in gear. I can't make you put the rubber on the road. I can only tell you how it works, but you've got to do it yourself. He said, have I not written unto thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge, verse 20. I wrote to you excellent things. I didn't write to you mediocre stuff. I give you stuff from God in counsels and knowledge. Psalm uh, Psalm 12, 6, David said, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. I gave you pure stuff. And and Solomon said, I gave you excellent things. Look, these are not just suggestions. These are not just helpful hints. This is is the counsels of God. This is the knowledge of the Almighty. And why did he give it to him? He said that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth. I thank God for the word of God. It is certainty. I don't doubt it. I don't, I don't care what nobody else in this world tells me. If it goes contrary to the word of God, I am not going to believe it. I'm that stubborn. I'm, that, I, I'm what you call a biblicist. I believe what God's word says, period. They used to say a long time ago when I was a kid, I remember people saying, God's word said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And somebody come along and said, don't make no difference whether you believe it or not. God said it, and that settles it. Don't make no difference you believe it. And that's true. God's word is true whether anybody believes it. But I'm going to stand on it, amen? I'm going I'm to stand on it, whether it, it hair lips the Pope. I'm going to stand on it. I don't care whether it runs contrary to science and everything that this world teaches. Because this world lies in, in, in delusion and it's deception. This whole world lies in evil. I can't believe this world, but I can believe this book. Even Listen, I believe this book no matter what. And, and, the, and let me say this. The further I go with God, the more confident I am in what he said. I don't know of a single person who has truly walked with God who has come to the point to say, you know, I'm just not so sure I believe anymore. You know, somebody was led to write that song. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Why did they write that? Because it was true. Amen? The, the, the further you go, I mean, it's like old songs said, farther along we'll know all about it. Farther along we'll understand why. You know, the further we go, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still gaining as I onward bound. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. They didn't say I'm heading downhill. That's that's John Anderson. That's a country song. I'm going downhill. <laughs> I'm not. I'm heading uphill. Amen. I'm headed uphill. I'm 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 climbing as I as as I get closer to God. 
And he does that. How does he do that? From glory to glory, the Bible says. And that glory comes from him, not from me. It's when I behold his glory as I learn who he is. And I make and, and I know the certainty of the words of truth. And it makes me more confident with that truth. It makes me more bold. It it, it gives me it gives me more zeal. And the last thing he says, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to of them to them that sent unto thee. That thou mightest answer the so if somebody comes to you with a question and you've been sent with truth. And by the way, what Jesus say, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. <clears throat> so we are sent. Second Corinthians five twenty says, Now then we are what? Ambassadors. For who? For Christ. What is an ambassador? That's somebody who represents their home country. As someone who stands as a representative of everything that country is and everything the leaders of that country believe. If you're an ambassador for the United States, then you are to embody all the all the principles, all of the 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 rights, the freedoms, the, the liberty, the beliefs, all the, the patrioticness of, of being an American, you are to represent that to another country and to the people of that country. When they look at you, they say, that's an American. Well, you and I are citizens of heaven. You and I, our Constitution is this book right here. Amen? This this is where we're from. Amen? This is what we believe. And so, therefore, we are to know what God has said because we represent him. He's our king. Jesus is our king. Heaven is our country. And so when somebody comes to us, and they have questions. We're to give them the words of truth and an answer. I'm going to close with the words of Peter. First Peter chapter 3, 15 and 16. He says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. What does that mean? That means God is not like everything else in your life. God is not, look up here, God is not like everything else in your life. He is to a lot of people. Maybe a lot of people who make it to church on Sunday say they've got nothing else going on. Maybe a lot of people that come to church on Sunday if, if they ain't too busy. And then there's other people that, you know, it's Sunday, so we probably ain't going to be able to make whatever you want us to make. We got church, and 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 then we got church again Sunday night. So I don't know if we'll have time. Everything in their life works and revolves around the Lord and church. Then you got those other people that they make church revolve around everything else. Well, the Bible tells us that we're to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. And again, when we sanctify something, that means it's separate. You're separate. We're we're to be sanctified. That means separate from this world. Jesus, uh, the Word of God says over in Corinthians, it says, come out from among them and be separate and touch not the unclean things. So that means we are to be disconnected from the rest of this world in the way that we do things, in the way that we view things, in the way that we deal with other people, in the way that we, the way that we, that we confront things. We, we, 
We're we're to, we're in God's economy. We're under His justice. We're not in this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're sanctified. We're separated. Jesus Christ has made us a new creature. We're not what we were before. So Bible says that we because of all of that, what I just said, we are to be separate and different. We're to sanctify the Lord in our hearts, and He said, and be ready. Be ready for what? Be ready always to give an answer. To every man that asketh you, ask me what? A reason of the hope that is in you. Wow, how come you ain't afraid to die? How come you ain't afraid of what happens after you die? I can tell you why. I've got a hope. i got a hope that's steadfast and sure. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ because he paid my sin debt. I ain't got to pay for it. I ain't got to go to hell. Amen. He took my hell on the cross. He paid my debt for me. That's my answer. He said we're to have an answer. <coughs> and he said we're to do it with meekness and fear. That means we're not to get haughty about it. We're, You know what? I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. So I come at it like, hey, listen, you can have it too because I sure didn't deserve it. But he died for me. And if he died for me, he died for you, and he saved you just like he saved me. That's how God wants us to represent him. Jesus was not hard, ugly, or forceful. He was sweet, kind, and loving, and compassionate. And he says that we are to, that's the way we're to be, with meekness and fear, having a good conscience. That, now look here, that whereas they speak evil, everybody going to like us, even being that way. Some people say, ah, oh, they're a bunch of nuts. That's okay. That's all right. He said, having a good conscience, look at it. That's them. That ain't me. That's their view of me. That's not That's not who I am, and I know that. And, and the, even though they speak evil of me, it's, it's evildoers. He said that they may be ashamed. Maybe not today, but there's a day coming when they're going to, they're going to be ashamed all right. They'll falsely accuse you of your good conversation in Christ. So what, what, do, we, what do we learn here? Solomon said, I gave you these things. Keep it close. Keep your eyes on it. Let it live in you. Let it bear fruit in you. Let it make you confident. Let it build your trust up in God and be ready. And let God live in you. And let God use you. And let God turn your life into something glorious for him, for his glory. Amen. Let's stand together. So good to be with you tonight. Glad you were here. Amen. Thank you for those that listened in tonight. We hope the Lord bless you and hope the Lord bless your family. Come visit us at Temple Baptist Church at 303 Short Street in Clarksville, Texas. Amen. We'll be here Sunday morning, 10 in the morning for Sunday school, 11 for morning service, and fellowship meal to follow. Amen. And uh, we're, praying, we're praying for all those that are on our prayer list. Just want you to know we love you and we're praying for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Let's be dismissed, and y'all have a safe drive home in this fog. Brother Byron dismisses.